Welcome back, everyone, to another Eat Speak podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. Uh, Steve, thank you for coming along again. And today we have with us once again, Chef Stephen Piles from Dallas, who's telling us, usually we talk to Stephen Piles about what's going on in Dallas. And today we're going to talk to him about dining all across Texas, including a new adventure he's on in Georgetown. Welcome, Chef Piles. Thank you, Bud and Steve. Glad to be here. I guess we should talk. We should say first that you are getting out and going to Georgetown and and opening. And I said, Steve, uh, uh, Steve Wilson, did you have a question for Chef Piles about this well, new I, venture in Sun City? Yeah, it looks like a really nice retirement uh, community uh-huh. there. Are you retiring there? Well, you would think. This is my second uh, senior community to be involved with. Uh, Never say never, but that's not the intent. Uh, I will never retire, I don't think. Uh, Y'all sent me some nice pictures. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the outside looking at the Hacienda in Georgetown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a a terrific facility uh, just now being built. Dust is flying, and uh, it's going to be what's really interesting <clears throat> about this place. You know, I've had many, many consultations. Uh, I will be uh, chief culinary advisor for Georgetown for the Hacienda. And um, but what what's different with this one as opposed to like other um, retirement communities I've, I've worked with, um, this will have. Uh, a, a public restaurant um, that folks from Georgetown or Austin or whoever can come to. So it's uh, it's a little unusual in that sense. It's as far as I know, the first ever. So uh, yeah, it, kind of breaking how does, ground. How is that going to work? Is, I mean, people know that these retirement centers have great restaurants. It's one of the appealing things to get people to come to the retirement centers, but very right. few are open to the public. And so people right. will come and hang out and you know and then there'll be some residents but a lot of people from greater georgetown there as well sounds like that's right there are four venues and so three are dedicated to the to the residents to the members and um and then there's one that certainly they can go to this will be the more i guess upscale interesting we have you know kind of uh, a, a live fire rotisserie working, you know, where we're hanging meat. And it's, it's, a, it's a really fun uh, piece of equipment. Um, and so that's sort of the activity ambiance of that room. So that's um, that one that's open to the public. And uh, so we see that as um, an opportunity. You know, I did a, I did a restaurant in uh, San Antonio years ago. Uh, with a group in a hotel, and and I wanted to make sure that we did something specifically that was about the hill country and the in San Antonio. Not I didn't want them to think there's a you know blowhard Dallas chef coming to show you know his food in San Antonio. It really was making something unique to that property, and that's exactly what I want to do in Georgetown. Create a a little restaurant there that the locals can enjoy as well as the residents, but uh, you know, make it specific to the hill country. So it's all about um, you know, uh, smokehouses and and the Texas uh, hill country wineries, and and I want to I want to engage the local farmers. So really, make it something that couldn't happen anywhere else in Texas. Now, that's well, just know, outside I, I, Austin, right? Yeah, very close to Austin. 
Yeah, it's just it's like throw. It's just like it's going to become one big megaplex someday. I think. Well, I, I tell people. People said Georgetown. Why does he want? To, why does he want to be in Georgetown? I tell people. Well, that's halfway to Austin. You know, it's two hours from here to Georgetown, and then once you try to get from Georgetown and Austin, it'll take you another two hours. So you're <laughs> about exactly, halfway. That's exactly and right. This is the Hacienda at Sun City, and it, this is west of I-35 in Georgetown, I believe. And it opens next year. It's not open right now. So It's not open. Is that right? Still, yeah, it's under construction. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's the fun planning stage. This is the, the fun part. And then you... How far does it say, if you go to the Monument Cafe in Georgetown, is it about five miles west of the Monument or 10 miles? Do you have any idea? That sounds about right. You know, yeah. I haven't, to be honest, <clears throat> I haven't spent much time in Georgetown, but that's about, <clears throat> excuse me, that's about to change quickly. <laughs> yeah, the, mo the Monument is the... Uh, the monument is the old time place to eat the breakfast and lunch. And yeah, they were yeah, open no. for dinner before COVID, and I, you know, I, I hope they're back. Yeah. The monument is the the biscuits and breakfast and plate and lunch. Well, the thing so thing about that's Georgetown, what I was going to ask you. Go ahead. The thing about Georgetown, there's not much far from anything. <laughs> it's pretty small, and, and the traffic is not bad yet in Georgetown. So, yeah. uh, I was in Austin a couple of weeks ago, and I tried to go to Joanne's, uh, Lou Lambert's, you know cafe on south congress which is what the paris coffee shop will sort of be like in fort worth i was uh -huh. in northwest austin and in order to go from northwest austin to south congress it had me go all the way around research to ben white to, to uh, bergstrom and ben white and then come back up south congress in order to get to to the uh, to that part of austin so anyway yeah the austin traffic's crazy but georgetown's not so crazy what so. mm -hmm. i i, I wanted to ask you about go ahead Steve. sure Oh, are, are you serving any pizzas there? Last time you were on, you were talking a lot about pizzas. Uh, <laughs> pies, yeah. About pizzas. yeah, pizzas are still at the top of the top of mind. Um, we will do pizzas there. We sure will. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with your Fireside Pies partnership? Uh, well, we're doing wine dinners. Uh, you know, here's the thing, and I, I know you know this, bud, but... Uh, we're at catastrophic levels for uh, trying to find labor in this industry. So everybody's struggling with, I mean, you know, we could be a lot busier at Fireside if we could just staff it a little better. So um, we're, we're ready to roll. And we're, uh, Paul and I are doing uh, wine dinners at each of the, you know, a different, uh, one of the different Firesides each month. We did one uh, over at the Abrams Center a couple of months ago. So uh it's fun we're, we're having a lot of fun we're just trying to get it staffed and i know this is not just with my consultants everybody i talk to i have chefs calling me every day saying don't you have anybody do you, do you have any line cooks do you, you know it's it's tough it's just uh i think they all left and went to amazon <laughs> and and there's such great benefits that are not coming to the industry now and it's worse in the front uh, there are a lot of good jobs at amazon there are a lot of good jobs at amazon there are a lot of good jobs in other businesses there are even people chose to work in grocery stores instead of restaurants and, That's and right. this That's is exactly. what I, I and i tell people this is what happens it was what people predicted would happen when they started discouraging immigration uh, under the last term and the the, the the shutdown of immigration has strangled the restaurant industry and, and has just starved right. the restaurant industry for help yeah. So yeah. that, that, that has really you know, had a dramatic effect. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, we were looking for a restaurant, and I found a restaurant outside Waco that I just want to mention. On the yeah. way to Austin, there is a new Italian restaurant 
in southwest Waco called Decampli's, D-I-C-A-M-P-L-I. It was recommended by the Homestead Cafe folks, and it's in Woodway, and it's a, a, a chef from Italy who married a Waco girl, and uh, that's where we, we went for Mother's Day. We, uh, you know, we took uh, my mother-in-law uh, has a daughter here and a daughter in Austin, so we met halfway outside Waco and had a nice Italian dinner. It's probably the nicest place I've been in Waco, so there's my little road food trip. Well, there's um, nice. Gosh. That's good to know. I wrote that down. Yeah. The companies. You know, you've you've been around long enough when everybody talked about places like the Blue Bonnet in Marble Falls and the Coffee Cup in Heiko. And, you know, I mean, Texas is known for all these little roadside restaurants. Is, you, is there any little hole-in-the-wall restaurant where you like to stop? Um, well, you know, I, I don't. <clears throat> get on the road so much anymore. I think I'll probably be driving to Georgetown more than flying, but uh, so that's that's about to change too. But uh, typically, when I do take a road trip, uh, and I'll take a little opportunity to plug No Kid Hungry here, when I do my No Kid Hungry um, auctions, where I take you know anywhere from six to ten people down to Marfa, where we have a little fun weekend and dinner in friends' homes. I do a seven-course dinner and really nice wine so but on the way we, we fly to midland and then we we always stop at um if you're just this side of midland you could stop in big spring if you're driving big spring which is my old hometown uh the settles hotel uh has has a restaurant there called the grill and uh it's it's uh, a David, hotel yeah and it's a david bull inspiration uh uh, Jeff Trigger and David Buller have a partnership and probably, I don't know, six or eight boutique hotels. You know, he was, they were both at the Driscoll. <clears throat> and so it's, it's, it's a fun place. It's good. But this place that I, we stop at in Monahans on the way to Marfa is uh, one of my favorite barbecue places in the state called Pappy's. And uh, so that's always that's always top of mind. You know, I will tell you this. When I do take a road trip, if we go to Big Spring, which we uh, take a group usually on the 4th of July, because, as I say, in Big Spring, only only in Big Spring would they celebrate July 3rd. I mean, July 4th on July 3rd, Independence Day, because they do a big, they do a big uh, 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 fireworks and in the amphitheater there that was built under Roosevelt. Uh, there's a, a symphony, the Big Spring Symphony, where the smallest town in Texas to have a symphony. And they, it's a, I mean, it's incredible. People from, my friends from New York that have gone with me are like blown away. They said, wow, this is a secret. Anyway, so when we go, anytime we go on a road trip like that, uh, I always stop, we always have to stop at the Dairy Queen to get a blizzard. So oh, yeah. that, that is like iconic. It's not a road trip without a blizzard. When did Texas turn from being a Dairy Queen state to a Whataburger state? Or has That's it made that turn? <laughs> I think it probably, well, you know, the thing is, Whataburger is, they're actually even out of the state now. Didn't they just open their first restaurant somewhere out of the state? So they're on the move. They're through so, the South. Through, through the South. Okay. Yeah. yeah so family owned anymore. No, no, no. That, I know they sold. It's interesting. Uh, I, uh, uh, Dallas Morning News did an article years ago and it asked me all my favorite restaurants in town and I named them and they said, You don't have a fast food? 
Whataburger you like? I said, not really. And I thought, well, you know what? I, I do like Whataburger. I, yeah, I'll go to Whataburger occasionally. And so they put that in there. And I got a, I got a letter from the CEO thanking me for being in such good company and a pretty nice gift certificate. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a free Whataburger? I think that's a good one. Lots of free water send, them, send them a link to this. Maybe you'll get another one, Stephen. That's great. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I knew I knew you're impressed at that. That that that's really good. The uh, now you've never gotten into the upscale barbecue. You've never tried to really compete with all the barbecue pitmasters, and yet you barbecue all the time. Is there yeah. uh, is there not a place for you to do a barbecue restaurant? Well, you know, I'll never say never. I don't know. I mean, there's a really when I think about it, there's a lot of things I haven't done. A lot of concepts. You know, I've got a little. I still want to do one little concept and i'm not sure what it is but it'll be like a combination of maybe tacos and ceviches or something it's really just simple prototypic um real prototypical and really um you know standardized and one that can be rolled out i don't know that just sounds like kind of a dream because i've never done that you know i had uh i worked with uh, the carlson group you know with tgf fridays and we did some concepts and duplicated those but I've never done anything quite like this, so who knows? Maybe barbecues in there somewhere too. There I'm, not, a, uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm you not should done. open that over here somewhere. Somewhere around Dickie's Arena, there is a uh, a steakhouse owner from Saltillo, Mexico, who has decided that his second location is going to be on West Seventh near the Kimball and the Modern and Dickie's Arena in Fort Worth. So he's opening a Saltillo-style steakhouse from Mexico here. Uh, the wow. uh, Maria's is uh, open last week. That's uh, the, the Armenta family from San Angelo and their uh, combination of West Texas Tex-Mex and, and uh, upscale uh, contemporary. Uh, Maria's is uh, in the old Hofbrau by the zoo and university. The Cafe Modern, the Wolfgang Puck Concepts opened up, uh, is opening up their restaurant on May 18th, I think, in Cafe Modern. So we have a lot going on. You should bring a concept over here to the to the west side or the Dickies Arena area and, and uh you know, come or you could join the fun in the stockyards where all the stockyards opening are. Although I right. think Tim Love has rented just about every space there is over there. Probably, it's it's a booming business. <laughs> but uh, now you were writing your memoirs. Uh, uh, tell me about that. Well, um, you know, I, I it all happened. I, I start telling stories over the past. You know, I've been at this four decades, twenty-two restaurants in six cities, but obviously, I want to focus on Dallas and and I, I tell these really interesting stories and, and people said you need to write you need to write a book on this you know forget the recipes and so I, I just think it would be fun to do so I'm sort of compartmentalizing chapters in my life and and stories and you know through through recessions and and storms and you know disease now and all that and uh and so i'm putting it all together and uh you know i want to really show what dallas was like in particular in the uh 80s and 90s and how it's you know, kind of a, a working history of the progression of the restaurant business, because i kind of been around for most of it, at least the modern part of it kind of helped start it back in the early 80s. So, you know, four decades of what, what it was like being a restaurateur and the, and the crazy sights I saw and, and the, the folks, you know, like, um, you know, 
the question I still ask is why would you bring your mistress to your wife's favorite restaurant? Knowing that there's a good chance she might be there and there will be a glass of champagne in your face. And yes, that all happened. So, you know, it's, it's, I've got lots of, lots of stories like that. And I think, you know, I was thinking of all the food critics that I have kind of survived and it would be fun to kind of, kind of rate them. Um, and, and that's not sure local, you know, the New York Times as well that came down and kind of did reviews on Dallas. So, <clears throat> So when well, is you that know, coming it's out? It's hard to or? explain to people. Oh. Yeah, well, it's what do you think? it's uh, it, there's no published date. I'm just uh, I think in a year. Mm-hmm. I think I think probably I would say my guess would be the fall of 22. You know, it's hard to explain to people how much wealth there was an extravagance in the 80s in, in, in DFW and how much, mm-hmm. you know, just the glitz well, and the glam and the, the, the uh, I mean, there were a lot, there is certainly a lot now with uh, with uh, natural gas wealth and, and stock market wealth, but the, the, but not, the extravagance, the extravagance in the 80s was incredible. And I will live to tell about it. Because in uh, a <laughs> quick little example, um, uh, the uh, Southland Corporation, 7-Eleven, they used to throw, and Neiman's, they would all throw these big, big parties, private parties at Bruce Street Cafe in the 80s, and and uh, I'll let you guess, guess which one of them, one of them did this, uh, but there would be like 20 people, and you know, the the uh, the cognac, Louis the, the 14th, Louis the 14th, that's like, this was back then, it was 70 or $80 a glass, it's in the Baccarat bottle, and uh, so they would pass that around after dinner with 20 people, you know, and if it didn't, if it, it, whoever got the last shot got to take the bottle home. So if they thought, well, that maybe wasn't the right person, we better do that again. So, you know, that was 70 bucks times 40, you know, just for <laughs> a portion of the dinner. And they wanted caviar yeah. and everything. And yeah, yeah, it was extravagant. It was. And did they do something cool. like. <laughs> and then you have the events where they did something like bring a buffalo into the middle of the dining room. Or That's right. Something like or, 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 or one, you have all the ones involved in various. Ask, say, we're doing a we're doing a clam bake. Is there any way we could do like a, a dump truck full of dirt somewhere in your restaurant? So really, <laughs> no. The guests dig for clams. Yeah, they wanted the ambiance. I said. Just do flowers. <laughs> bring the dump truck in. Yeah, they, I was at an SMU event once, and all of a sudden the doors open, and they bring in Peruna, the mascot, comes running through. So it just—it <laughs> it was just amazing the kind of things that went on. Well, yeah. Stephen, it's always great to talk to you. Mr. Wilson, do you have any other questions for Chef Piles? No, I think that's about it. Well, well thank, thank you very much, Chef. It's been a lot of fun. It is a wonderful talking to you because you know so much and, and you tell so much. And we're very grateful for both of those. And, and we'll really look forward to your book. Chef Pyle, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you, bud. Appreciate and it. Thank until you, another Eat Speak podcast. With a, I, and I, I, hope we'll ha- I hope we'll have Chef Stephen Piles on again sometime soon. And until next time, I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. Awesome.